Well, the Razorbacks defeat Kansas in the Liberty Bowl so easy with zero problems at all and zero stress. That didn't happen at all, but they still won. And what an incredibly wild game. I don't even know really where to start. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to make sense of it all. KJ Jefferson is still that dude. And also Razorback basketball drops their first conference game on the road in SEC to start conference play. But it's all going to be coming up on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also your host, About a Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday as I have just made the trip back from memphis for the arkansas liberty bowl and man oh man oh man what a stupid but great game just i i don't even know how to describe what i watched last night i'm sure a lot of you don't as well but we're going to do our best here on the podcast to make that happen and arkansas wins in triple overtime by a final score of 55 to 53 over kansas and they now finish the season officially at seven and six with a winning record and now have won two straight bowl games in this one. Just this type of game may have been that it's, it, I hated this game. Like, I am so happy Arkansas won. I will never apologize for a win. I'll never say that a win is bad or that uh, I'm not going to, you know, enjoy it, whatever it may be, nor should any of you. But this win was one that I really did not expect this game to become, at least as the game went along. You talk about so many missteps, so many mistakes, so many great plays, so many big plays by both teams offensively and defensively at times. You talk about horribly officiated. All of that happened in this game. It did not lack drama whatsoever. So let's try to walk through exactly what happened here and, and try to make sense of it all. Arkansas, to start this game, had their best first quarter ever, like maybe even under Sam Pittman. They scored 24 points in the first quarter. Arkansas has not done that all year long. We know that they've had a ton of struggles when it came to them uh, being able to get going early and, and really start well uh, in these games. But Kansas... For, for you know just how the game went and, and seeing how it all played out, it just really worked to Arkansas's favor. I mean, they started off the game, they got a field goal, which uh, you know you always want to go touchdowns, but they get a field goal and the Kansas responds with a touchdown. Arkansas goes three and out and punts, and then Kansas goes three and out and punts. But then Arkansas gets two plays and a touchdown, a big bomb to Matt Landers. But then Arkansas kicks it off, Kansas muffs the punt, the kickoff. Arkansas gets it back. Next play, boom, touchdown. Before you know, it, in the blink of an eye, Arkansas is up seventeen to seven and then the next possession for kansas they throw a pick arkansas scores another touchdown and then kansas throws another pick so like arkansas really started off tremendously in this game especially offensively they're up 24 to 7 and really in the first half just absolutely dominated because then in the second quarter arkansas scores another touchdown goes up 31 to 7 uh then kansas scores a touchdown then arkansas gets a pick and then it ends up going to the end of half where Arkansas honestly should have scored another touchdown uh, if it wasn't for uh, an interception thrown there in the end zone, which K.J. Jefferson, which hits, we'll talk about him specifically here in a second, 
had one of the greatest plays you'll ever see. So Arkansas was up 31 to 13 in this game. And considering the fact that Rocket Sanders went out with an injury, as well as Tykeus Crawford, both players who had started on this team, we know how good Rocket was. Uh, and we know how many players had opted out of this team and of this game. Uh, this was just, they were very much on skeleton crew in, in a lot of cases for who wasn't on the team and who they were having available to play. But you got to give a shout out to Marion Harris, who came in as a true freshman, stepped up for Tykeus Crawford, and a lot of credit to A.J. Green and Rashad Dabinian, the only two running backs on the team that really carried the load for Arkansas and did a really great job. So it was all Arkansas in the first half. They were doing such a good job uh, of just controlling the game, controlling the run rush attack. Kansas didn't have an answer for K.J. Jefferson. They were just they were beating Kansas up, and it was 100% all Arkansas. And then in the second half, Kansas gets the ball back, but they punt, and Arkansas, the very next possession, scores a touchdown. Ten plays, 80 yards, and three and a half minutes, roughly. And they're up 38-13 to 13 in this game. 38-13 to 13 in this game in the second half. Arkansas did not score another touchdown the rest of the game, or regulation, I should say. But Kansas did because then it started getting a little bit, all right, well, maybe they played a little bit more conservative, and then Kansas ended up scoring a touchdown, making it 38-20. to 20. Okay, well, Arkansas then goes three and out again, second straight time, and then Kansas gets a field goal. All right, well, then Arkansas punts again after four plays. And it's still 38-23. to 23. Arkansas is still in good shape. But then Kansas punts. They go three and out. But then Arkansas punts. They go three and out. Well, then Arkansas gets a huge play late in the game uh, with literally just – under four minutes to go, turnover on downs. Okay, so let's set this up. Arkansas is up by 15 points with less than four minutes to go, and they have the ball. Do you know the likelihood of Arkansas not winning this game, like the, just the percentages with that? It's extremely low. But don't worry, this is Arkansas we're talking about. So then Arkansas gets the ball and does a pretty good job, has some good plays. They have five plays to go 64 yards. They're in field goal range. They're just kind of running out the clock a little bit. Kansas is out of timeouts. And then Matt Landers on a reverse play, which was a beautiful play, mind you, gets called for a fumble. Kansas gets it, returns it back for a good ways. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, this is bad. But then I was at the stadium. I saw the replay on the board. I'm like, Oh, no, that's not a fumble. He, he was, his, his arm was down. Like, you could see it. His arm was down. And then I checked on Twitter for people who was watching the broadcast, and they were all like, oh, yeah, he's 100% down. That's not a fumble. That's not a fumble. Well, the Pac-12 crew, I guess, there in, in, the, in the official room, you know, they said, ah, no, nah, that's actually a fumble. Over in the Pac-12, we call that a fumble. And so they upheld the call, which was baffling, just baffling that they did that I'm like oh crap okay well after that happens and Kansas goes seven plays because they get the ball at Arkansas's 48 seven plays and they score a touchdown and it is now 38 to 30 well geez okay well you know there's a minute left in this game so it's fine let's just get the onside kick and should be good to go well that's okay because Arkansas did not get the onside kick Kansas did they recovered their onside kick and one of the uh, worst onside kick coverages you'll ever see now I will go out and say this I'm not defending everybody because everyone was so mad at the special team. Scott found all this stuff. Not an excuse, just a reason. Remember, folks, those guys who were on that onside kick, that, you know, cans team, most of those guys haven't done it all year long. 
because a lot of the guys that entered into the portal or you know transferred out or opted out or whatever, they were on the hands team. So you have an almost an entirely new group of players on these special teams. Like they, they just the, the bowl practice was the first time they've ever been out there. Not making excuses, just saying that that could cause some problems. And that's what happened. Nobody recovered it. They didn't go to the ball. Kansas gets the ball back. Oh, gosh, surely, surely they won't go for another touchdown. Well, they did. Four plays, boom, touchdown, and a two-point conversion to tie the game at 38. It had to be this way. It had to be this way. It's Razorback football we're talking about, folks. You can't be easy. You can't just be out there getting easy plays. Like, that's not how this works. You got to go out there and you got to know that the Razorback faithful and the fans and the team and everything, they're going to make it as difficult as humanly possible. So going to overtime, Kansas gets the ball first, five plays, touchdown, easy. But then Arkansas gets the ball back. Luckily for them, it was just as easy, even easier, because they get two plays and a touchdown. Boom, going to the second overtime, tied at 45. Now, here we go to the second overtime. People forget about this, but you when you score a touchdown in the second overtime, you have to go for two. That's the way it is. Well, Arkansas gets the ball first. They get a touchdown in two plays, and they get the two-point conversion. Whew, okay. So then... Kansas gets the ball, and they're going for the touch. They, they score a touchdown. Okay. Now you got to stop the two-point conversion. Well, Jalen Daniels is there for Kansas. He starts. He gets it. He can't find anyone open. He tries to run it in, and Arkansas tackles him short of the goal line. Game over. Fans are everybody celebrating, but there's a flag on the play because the officials felt that Quincy McAdoo targeted Jalen Daniels. And they threw a 15-yard flag, and he has been ejected for the game. And the stupidest rule of all is that he's going to be suspended for the first half of next season, or the first half game, first half of the first game for Arkansas next season. Stupid. I don't think it was targeting. I don't know what targeting is. I understand that. But to me, it was just him trying to keep him out of the end zone. I don't think he truly targeted. I think he hit him with his shoulder. I saw that. Again, maybe people can disagree and say it differently. But from what everybody I saw and people I know and respect, especially national guys, they said that was not targeting at all. That was not targeting at all. But they called it. They called it because I, th I think that the refs actually had Kansas money line. That's the only thing I can figure out. So they get another chance, and guess what? They score a two-point conversion, and we're going to the third overtime. Now, Arkansas gets it on the two-point conversion because now you have to just go for two points. Two-point conversion plays the rest of the overtime. One shot, that's it. Arkansas nails it. with the first. They get the play. They ball first. Nail it. K.J. Jefferson, beautiful play call, beautiful design right there to Rashad Dabinion. They got it. Then Kansas goes, and they fail. And you saw there in the video there at the very beginning, uh, they won this wide reverse, wide receiver reverse pass thing, and throws it out of the end zone. I think that he, I think it was Jason Bean was his name. He could have ran that ball in. I think he would have gotten it, and they would have gone on. But he decided to throw it. Goes out of bounds. Arkansas wins. Boom. End of story. Finally, it's over. Stupid, crazy, insane game that I just I don't even know how to make sense out of. Don't even know how to make sense. But Jalen Daniels for Kansas threw for 554 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and Kansas only run the, ran the ball for 29 or 59 yards. So Kansas could not run the ball against Arkansas, but boy, they could pass it. And it was it was a great game between both teams. And, you know, give Kansas a lot of credit for coming back. Uh, you got to blame Arkansas a lot for allowing that to happen. That should never happen under any circumstance. I don't care about anything else. That should never happen. But it did. And, you know, say what you want. I understand you're frustrated. I understand that people say there's a lot of bad stuff, whatever it is, but you won. You won the game. 
you gave up a 25-point lead in the second half. A lot of teams would crumble. A lot of teams would give up. A lot of teams would lose those games, but you still kept fighting, and you still found a way to win. That's how I'm looking at it. Silver linings and all. But you're 7-6. and six. You finished with a winning record, and now you're moving into the next season with a little bit of momentum and some more work to do for sure. But the reason you won this game is because one person, one person only. And we're going to talk about him on the other side of the break. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to World Cup, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they also have those at BetOnline as well. So they're always the fastest and easiest way to get on all your sports betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more over at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's talk about my QB1. Let's talk about my guy. Let's talk about our guy, KJ freaking Jefferson. You know, KJ, uh, I think everyone is a fan of at Arkansas. At least they should be. He is incredible. He is so much fun to watch. He's competitive. He's vocal. He's athletic. He, he's just that dude. And in this game, KJ Jefferson literally put the Razorbacks on his back time and time and time again. And ended up being a huge difference in this game. Like he goes 19 of 29 for 287 yards passing, two touchdowns, and a pick, which I still think the pick was on the wide receiver for not fighting for the ball there in the end zone a little bit more, but he's what it is. Incredible passing game. But then in the rushing game, he was had 14 carries for 130 yards. That's 9.3 yards a carry. He got two touchdowns on the ground. So he had four total touchdowns in this game and over 400 yards of total offense himself between the air and on the ground. Incredible. Just absolutely incredible. And I wish I had a highlight that I could play of that play he had towards the end of the first half where Kansas thought they had him down. Guy was holding on his leg. KJ gets out of it and breaks more tackles and just keeps on running. KJ is incredible at making plays at improvising, at throwing on the run. He had a couple ones where he's just you know running down the side of the field and then just tosses a dart right there into a wide receiver who's running across the field as well. Uh, I mean, he's the best. He's the best to, to do it. And I think, honestly, when it came to when it comes to dual-threat quarterbacks, I don't, actually, I don't even think it's a question anymore. K.J. Jefferson's the best dual-threat quarterback to ever come through Arkansas. Now, some of you may disagree with that. Some of you may say, Oh, well, Matt Jones or, oh, well, you know, Quinn Grovey. And that's nothing that's a slight against those guys. They're incredible. I mean, I love Quinn Grovey. I love Matt Jones. But when you're talking about the total package of arm and leg and decisions, playmaking ability, like size and athleticism, to me, it, nobody compares. Nobody comes close. K.J. Jefferson's the best dual threat quarterback to ever come through Arkansas. And games like that, like you saw uh, in the Liberty Bowl, where he doesn't have his best running back. Because uh, Rocket Sanders went out. He's got two running backs to hand the ball off to. He's down two or three offensive linemen. And he also has one wide receiver in Matt Landers that he has thrown to a lot this year, but then a bunch of other guys that he hasn't thrown to a whole lot this season. And he still got it done. I mean, Matt Landers had a great game. Three catch catches for 121 yards. Like, he was incredible again. But, you know, Jaden Wilson had two catches for 47 yards. Ty Washington, a guy that like, a lot of people didn't even realize or know who he was. He had a touchdown catch for uh, one for uh, 17 yards. Bryce Steven had a catch. Hudson Henry even got in on the action too. Nathan Bax, a guy named Harper Cole, 
<laughs> he, got, he got one. Isaiah Santana, you caught one. Like you had so many different wide receivers that were involved that KJ, I'm sure, has thrown to in practice and has been practicing with leading up to this point. But as far as the game goes, you, you were without literally three of your top four wide receivers. You were without Jaden Hazelwood. You were without Keetron Jackson and, you know, and, and what he was able to do this year. And then, I mean, you could probably throw in a Trey Knox because he was a guy I think that was actually fourth on the team in receiving. So you, he was without three of his four best targets, and they still got it done through the air for 287 yards. That's that's KJ. I think Kendall Bryles, for the most part, called a really good game, and I know some people are going to get mad and yell and say you're an idiot. And why, why are you always defending Kendall Bryles? Because some people hated the some of the calls that he made. I'm like, dude. I, I thought overall he, he called an, a, ma a masterful game. Like not every play call is going to be perfect. Not every play is going to be perfectly executed. Like there's not always going to be those cases, but just because a play does not work out doesn't mean it's a bad play call. Could be execution. Could be a lot of these guys that still aren't, you know, fully, uh, you know, young guys are still trying to figure out the offense and figure out their role and all that. There's a lot of pieces that go into it, but, you know, the only thing that I would say is I think when Arkansas started playing a little bit more conservatively in the second half, I didn't really like that. And I think that even Sam Pittman talked about that too and how it shouldn't be, you know, one of those things that should ever happen and doesn't need to happen anymore because you saw what could happen. When you when you got your team that you're just running down their throat and you're able to do whatever you want, you got to be able to make some other plays and be able to continue to score at will because you never know when they'll come back. But, and I get, again, give a lot of credit to Kansas. Like they they fought, man. They wanted this one bad. But the fact that Kansas was pretty much full strength as a team and then Arkansas was down a lot, I mean a lot, on their team and still found a way to win, still found a way to be very successful offensively. You got to give, again, credit to everybody, but K.J. Jefferson's that dude. I mean, he's the difference maker. He, he fought. I think even Sam Pittman called him Superman after the game, which is 100% true. That's what it felt like. He is Superman. And I just can't – I'm so glad he's coming back, and I'm so glad he's Arkansas's quarterback. He has a chance. I think next year – I know we talked about this last week. I think next year he will be preseason first-team All-SEC quarterback. It'll be between him and the kid from LSU. Uh, I guess Jaden Daniels is, is his name. I'm getting it wrong. I don't know. I'm, I'm going off not much sleep. Uh, but the LSU quarterback, I think, probably will be there in the mix, too. Maybe he gets first-team because LSU kind of has that benefit. But I, I just don't see any way, shape, or form that – I know I said this last year, too. But KJ is going to be one of, if not the best quarterback in the SEC, heading into the season next year. They got to get him some more pieces and more weapons to throw to. Uh, they got to get guys healthy. Uh, got to get the. I think the offensive line performed well, and I think the running backs are going to be great. Hopefully, Rocket, his injury is nothing too serious. He was in a boot and street clothes after the game, so hopefully, it's not too serious or anything like that. But uh, he's great, and that's what's going to really make Arkansas's offense go even more so next year. Is if they just continue to get uh, some weapons around him. But wow, just what a performance! What a performance out of KJ. Can't say enough about him. Love that dude and love the fact that he's at Arkansas and love the fact that he's coming back to Arkansas as well. Uh, we will talk about the Razorback basketball team, unfortunately, here in just a second. But first, hey, just remember, folks, if you're hanging out with friends and you're putting back a few drinks and when a few drinks become too many and the evening starts to come to an end, people starting to leave, you may think of calling for a ride, right? You know, calling up the Ubers, whatever it may be. But you're like, hey, I live nearby. I don't have to worry about it. I can make it home okay. No big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyways, right? I mean, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you're told to your car, maybe even kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel and while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there looking right now for impaired drivers on the roads 
to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I'll admit Razorback basketball last night, I didn't get to watch the entire game because it was the Liberty Bowl and I was there and, and going to the uh, celebration on the field and all of that. I didn't get to watch, but I did watch the end of the game too and kind of watched some highlights and went back and looked at some recaps. Uh, frustrating game for Arkansas last night. And I think Arkansas, I still don't think LSU is a great team. I think they played fairly well last night. They played good enough to win, obviously. But I think last night was more about Arkansas playing really poorly. They missed 20 layups. Arkansas missed 20 layups in this game. They went 4 of 25 from three-point land. That's awful. And they went 5 of 10 from free throw line. So not a lot of free throws for either team because LSU went 6 of 12. But there were times in clutch situations towards the end of the game, like Ricky Council missing free throws and missing front ends of one and one. You know, Anthony Black missed a free throw too, which Council was a surprising one. He went 2 of 5, and he was shooting over 80% coming into this game. So very uncharacteristic things that were happening. And then I thought that, People were getting after me because they were like, oh, you were blaming the officials for losing this game. No, I wouldn't blame the officials, but I did think that at the end of the game, there should have been like uh, Anthony Black pretty much got slapped in the face uh, and nobody reviewed it, didn't get uh, called or anything like that for I thought it would at least be a flagrant and give Arkansas two shots in the ball. I still thought Ricky Council got fouled at the end of the game, but thankfully, you know, ESPN2 decided not to show any replays of that. So we couldn't really know for a fact whether or not he got fouled. They, I guess they just... Uh, forgot to hit the replay button or something like that. So there were a couple of things that I, you know, again, maybe a little bit of home cooking, whatever it may have been. But again, that's not why the reason why Arkansas lost this game. They lost it because it just didn't play well. And the fact that you had Anthony Black, Ricky Council, and Devo Davis play all 40 minutes of this game. Makai Mitchell played 36 and Jordan Walsh played 32. That's a lot of minutes for the starters. Yeah, Kamani Johnson played seven, Jalen Graham played three, and then Joseph Pinion played two. But the starting five literally played almost the entire game. So the fact that Arkansas played poorly, bad, did not do a good job, especially offensively, and still almost won this game should give you still some some good feelings about you know where it's going to go and how it's going to move forward. Like the Fountain kid last night had 14 points. Now he, he was really good, but it was the Hannibal kid that was averaging four points a game. He just comes in, scores 19. It was 9 of 14 from the field in 22 minutes. So sometimes it, it's going to be like that. But Arkansas didn't turn the ball over a lot. They only had 10 turnovers. Um. They did have out-rebound LSU by had 44 to 40, uh, 39. So, again, it was just this – you lose games. You don't want to lose games. It's frustrating. Well, you know, it's all of that. But, again, I just see last night's game is just – they didn't play well. They didn't play well. They didn't play well, and they still almost won. So, they'll be all right. SEC play will continue to go on. They'll continue to have plenty of stuff to get excited about, and they'll have some big games. They got, uh, they got Missouri coming up next. I think it's next Wednesday. Missouri just beat Kentucky at home. Now, granted, Missouri is playing in Bud Walton Arena, so I think Arkansas hopefully doesn't have any of those letdowns where they end up losing games and at home that they should, and they should beat Missouri. But they got a week to let this one sink in and get better and recap and get after it. And I, I, I'm not making excuses either. I'm not, because, again, Arkansas, that's, that's the game they should have played. They should have won last night. But, man, it's just like you think with Arkansas struggling as bad as they did offensively, they have Nick Smith in there. Just how big of a difference that makes. You win the game last night if Nick Smith plays. So, 
Uh, it'll be all right. Arkansas only scored 19 points in the first half. That ain't going to get it done. That ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it at all. Like, great. Arkansas is great defensively. Uh, they'll hold teams to a lot of points. Like, but I, I don't know. I just call me a homer bias, whatever it is. But I just love the fact that they're like, Nashville, like, what a huge win. That just was a statement win for LSU, blah, blah, blah. blah. Look at that. I was like, yeah, it was a, you got to give them credit because they won. But, and it's more about Arkansas playing bad. I don't think LSU did anything like to really, I mean, they played good defensively, but Arkansas just didn't make shots and they didn't make free throws down the stretch when they mattered the most. So I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. I think Arkansas will be fine. Devo was the leading scorer. He had 16 points in this game, two of eight from three. Stop taking so many free throw uh, three pointers. Devo council goes, had 13 points. He went five, 19 Jordan Walsh had 13 points as well. Anthony black. I mean, he had a pretty good stat line though. He had seven points. Eight rebounds, four assists, one steal. Uh, so he, you know, he, he did a really good job there too. Uh, Devo with 16, six, two and two. So, I mean, there, there was some decent stuff there, but yeah, they got to, got to get healthy, got to get back after it. And again, this is just don't want to lose, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be just fine. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.